Okay. All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. Um, the last two weeks, we have been um, just sharing what we feel like the Lord is doing here at the church in the fact that um, we want to transition um, and, and start including some equipping and training into our weekend services. I love what DJ said. I have never thought of it until he said this last week. Um, the, the, the transformation of church, and I'm gonna repeat it just in case you missed it, but uh, in Acts, um, right, you know, Jesus dies, rises, raises from the dead, um, the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples and they begin to have church. And uh, they met every day. It says they met every day in the homes of the people. Every day. Every, everybody say every day. Okay, so that's where we're going. We're, no, just kidding. Um, and then I love it. He fast forwarded to, to 1989 or whenever he did it and just said, okay, let's fast forward. And back then, and this is when I really came to know the Lord. This is the church that I went to that I got saved. Um, and what church services was, was Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. When I, I met Kim, my wife, in Estes Park, and we were going to a church in Loveland, which was an hour drive. And so we would drive Sunday morning down, come back home. We would drive Sunday night, come back home, and then we would drive down Wednesday. Um, we moved to Loveland after a week where we drove down to Loveland eight times in seven days just to go to church, okay? It wasn't quite the daily thing, but it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And now where we are today is that we have church service once a week, and to be quite honest with you, um, I'm not gonna look at anybody, but there are a lot of people that only come one or two times of the month. It's just, yes, it's just changed. Whether it's just the, the demand on life, the different things that are going on, and so we want to take full advantage of what we do on a given weekend here. And so DJ did such a great job. Go to our YouTube channel, you can listen to that message. The first week, I talked about what we want to do in regards to um, just doing this together as a family and what the Lord has taken our staff through. And I just wanna quickly remind you of that. We feel like the Lord took us through a process to define what it means to collaborate, to give some rules of engagement on that, and then to just come alongside of you guys and say, hey, we want to encourage you to be a part of this process. And so just as a reminder, collaboration. It is humbly seeking Holy Spirit's guidance for how to serve the kingdom together while lovingly supporting one another. Okay, so as we move into this today, as we start to um, actually practice this right here, right now, um, remember to do this humbly, seeking the Holy Spirit in regards to how to serve the kingdom together as we lovingly support one another, okay? And the rules of engagement are this. There's four rules to this process, and the basis is humility. We all need to be humble, um, but here's the four rules of engagement. We need to be good, empathetic listeners, Okay, the word says be quick to listen, slow to speak, though tonight I want you to be fast to speak too. Interact with us. Um, second thing is ask good questions. Okay, would love to see some questions. As we start talking about things and it makes you wonder about something, ask a question about it. Don't let it be there like, oh, I don't know. Because I promise you this, if you have a question about this, then guess what? Somebody else in this room is probably wondering the exact same thing. Okay, um, speak for yourself, meaning don't throw accusations to what somebody might or might not say, uh, but just speak to what the Lord is showing and speaking to you. And then finally, um, take no offense, all right? Take no offense. Here's the risk of doing this. As we get into this, if you start to uh, ask a question or, or you have a statement and somebody else comes from a different position, um, you know what, that could it could create a, an opportunity for offense. Want to encourage you, do not take any offense, okay? And so, here's why we're doing this. And I don't know for how long we're doing it. It's, we're gonna try it, we're gonna test the waters, and, and like we've said from the very beginning, it's just all, all an experiment, right? We're gonna experiment in this. Here's what we wanna do. We want to teach, I'll be teaching throughout as we interact tonight, um, but we want to start to equip and train you guys and how to just study your word, study the Bible, get into the word. And so a few 
couple tools that we want to present to you that we hope that you will start beginning to use. And by the way, we are going to start texting you the scripture for the weekend. Uh, many of you got a text this week. If you didn't get a text, go to shinechurch.life slash connect. Shinechurch.life slash connect. Put your information in um, and we will, we're gonna send it out via email and also a text and it'll just be one quick text a week. We're not gonna bombard you. It's just gonna be one with the scripture and maybe a thought about what we want you to kind of be thinking about. Um, but we want to include and prepare everybody so that you can come and you can have read that. Now we sent that out this week and I got all these incredible responses and I've already had two or three people tonight tell me, man, I read my Bible this week. You know, church, we live in a time where people inside of the church don't get into their word much. And that, that is a problem because this book right here has the instruction for life. And there's so much good, rich stuff in this book. And I know as I'm looking out through the room, I know several of you do get into it, but there are people that have not gotten into this. And so let's start practicing it here because I think when you start to see the life of getting into your word, then all of a sudden it'll drive you and give you a hunger to get more and more into it. And so part of the problem about getting into this book is that some people are intimidated by it. And so we just want to take that intimidation factor away. Um, and so a couple, couple ways to do that. Um, online, Bible Hub, Bible, H-U-B, BibleHub.com uh, has several different translations. It's got uh, a section where you can look into Greek words, Hebrew words, the, what makes up the word. Um, but it's just a great place to read. Um, there's also another thing that just recently came out uh, called the Bible Project. Actually, it's been out for a while, but they just created an app and uh, just in January, they released it. It's called the Bible Project. Get this app, because it starts to take you through the Bible. It's got cool little videos. Um, it's just a great way to begin to study it, and kind of a fun way, actually, um, to see these little different videos and podcasts and hear different things about the Word of God. Um, and then what I'm gonna do is I'm, I'm kind of taking um, a way to read the Bible, and, and we're, we're changing it a little bit tonight, but... Um, Angela, make sure I'm pronouncing this right. Is it Lectio Divina? How, how is it really? Lectio Divina, Lectio, okay. Look it up, L-E-C-T-I-O-D-I-V-I-N-A. Um, and by the way, this, the notes are in the U version. If you wanna go to the event page there, you can see Shine Church and get that. Um, it is simply Latin for divine reading. Okay, and it's basically you take a section of scripture, you read it, you meditate on it, you pray, and then you contemplate. And so we're gonna kind of take a form of that and, and work this together. And so um, we're gonna take Ephesians chapter four, and we're going to, I'm gonna ask you, we're gonna read it four different times. I'm gonna read it from four different translations, just to mix it up a little bit. And each time I'm gonna have a question for you. Um, I'll give you away the first two. The first time, as I read this, I just want your first thoughts. And so if you read it this weekend or this week, what was just some of the first thoughts that came out? Um, and we can start talking about it. The second time I read it, I'm gonna give you just a minute to just process, and I'm gonna ask you if there's anything deeper that starts to stir in your heart. And then I'll explain the third and fourth as we go on. But let's read Ephesians chapter four and again. Again, um, as I read this, just what are your first thoughts? What, what jumps off the page? What... what um, or, or off the screen, what are the things that, that just come to mind as I read through this? All right, Ephesians 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, this is the NIV, by the way. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Okay, first thoughts. What, what, what jumps off of the screen or, or your pages as you were reading it? There we go. There it is. The first thing that um, I was thinking is 
the part where he says, I urge you, and then he says, be completely, and then he says, make every effort. So it's like really stressing, instead of just saying, be humble and gentle, be patient. He's like, be completely humble. Mm. And then make every effort, or he could have just said, keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. But he says, make every effort. So there is like this really urgency and this like pushing for you to go to the next level kind of thing. Love it. Thank you. My first, my first thought was when it starts off, it says, as a prisoner of the Lord, and normally you'd think that's not a good thing. So what's up with being a prisoner of the Lord? First thing I saw was uh, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Um, and uh, just thinking about that, just being, knowing what I'm called to be and living my life as though I'm the greatest part of my life, uh, whatever, the, the highest calling, the highest version of my calling and walking now as though I'm, in my personal life, as though I'm actually, you know, in the biggest part of my life, if that makes sense. Mm. Well, that's good. That's really good. Graham? So when I read this this week, um, real I read it in the Passion Translation. Oh. I, I love the Passion Translation. Yeah. Um, anyway, it says, the verse that, the word harmony, it says, the harmony of the, be faithful to the guard, the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit. And, what instantly popped off in my, what p I pictured in my head is an orchestra. However, there's different sections, and oh. when you eat, when every section comes, every section plays a different part, but when they all come together, they make this masterpiece. Like, imagine if we just played the trombone part of, of box or, you know, one of the greats, it we, it we wouldn't get the masterpiece, but that's what unity allows diversity in that, and so, Ooh. anyway. Well, that's good. That's really good. Somebody else? This is what jumped out to me. It was the very last sentence there who is over all and through all and in all. There's a lot of alls in there. Um, and I just found myself kind of drawn in by all the alls. All the alls, I love that right there. All right, I'm gonna read it one more time from the New Living Translation. Now, here's the question I'm gonna ask. Um, what, if anything, is the Lord speaking to you um, in regards to maybe a deeper meaning? Uh, some of these things that jumped off the page um, that we just talked about. Is there, is there a deep, deeper meaning to this? Um, is there anything that you begin to question? Is there anything kind of reading in between the lines that Paul is trying to communicate um, to the church in Ephesus and to us? Um, and so just, uh, let's take a little bit deeper look at this as we read it. And I'm actually gonna read it and I'm gonna give just maybe 30 seconds of just kind of contemplation just to think about that, okay? All right, so here we go. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give us deeper understanding of this section of scripture. Help us to see the heart of what Paul was writing to us as a church. Help us to get um, a reflection or uh, something that resonates in our heart that you are trying to speak to us. Reveal that to us, I pray.
Okay, so many times when we pray, when we ask these questions, God begins to speak through our thoughts. And so when he speaks to you through your thought, pay attention to those thoughts. And so here's what I'm gonna ask. As I prayed that, as we read through that, was there any thoughts that you had um, that you would like to share uh, with us right now in regards to this scripture? Um, the first thought to, came to me was unity. Kay. It's not about who shared with us, who baptized us, what church we went to. It was all about why and what we learned. We gave our life to Jesus. It wasn't about anything else. Anybody else get that uh, in regards to unity, kind of the deep, yeah, okay. So I, I got unity like you did the first time. Um, and But then the second time, it, it went a little bit deeper for me in that the first thing that really caught my attention in that particular scripture was that um, lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. So you've been called. Mm. And then it goes on to say you all need to unify Take, bring your calling together, like you said, like the orchestra, and then one, 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 over and over and over and over again. It just was a continual symbol of that unity. Mm, that's good. Okay. Um, I, I, one thought that came to my mind was in th at the beginning, which says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I inserted the name Neil, Neil, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. And unlike the other versions, the word urge is used. And to me, urge, even though, you know, there's urgency, it's not as strong as the word beg. Mm. And who begs? Someone that's desperate, somebody that's in, in a dire situation, and he is pleading. Uh, and that word st st stood out to me that, that perhaps... Could I be wasting my life if Paul, two, you know, 2,000 years ago is speaking to me right now saying, Neil, you know, I don't recommend, I don't advise, I don't, you know, if you think about it, it's I'm begging you. Mm. It's, it's pretty desperate. Oh, that's good. Did somebody ever hear? Anybody else? First, I just wanted to say I love what she said about the orchestra and the symphony because that really resonates with me too. That's such a beautiful mm. thing. Um, but when I heard this again, like definitely unity came to mind. And it's almost like he was in desperation or um, like prophesizing that um, he knew there were going to be so many things that were going to try to divide us. Um, it's almost like he's giving us a warning um, and just like emphasizing how important it is for us to stay together and um, to unify as the body of Christ and um, just that this is something that we were going to be like faced with as a struggle and that just God is so much bigger and so much greater than all of that. Yes. I Thank you for sharing that because in all my reading of that this week, I haven't seen that. And when you started speaking that and the fact that he was almost giving us a warning as the body of Christ, as, as the family, there's something that resonated with me that, I, and this is, this is where this is good because I'm actually going, oh my gosh, that's so good. I, if I take anything away from tonight, that'll be, oh my gosh, that right there. That was, thank you for sharing that. Um, what occurred to me is um, kind of uh, as everyone has been talking is that unity mm. requires humility um, but it requires saying what binds us together is not that we look alike or we feel the same way about this or we have the same calling but that we have the same God and Father of all um, and we have to approach one another with that humility and gentleness and I tell my kids all that, like, I think, bear with each other in love. I tell my kids that all the time because it really is, like, put up with them when they drive you crazy. Like, you bear with them. It's not light. It's, like, the heavy weight. Like, you put up with their stuff 
because you love them and because you want to be a part of a relationship with them. And just the reality of unity in the body of Christ is that we have to, with humility, put up with one another and realize that someone's putting up with us. And That's so good. So, like, we have to, it's a choice to say, I, in humility, am going to love you and please return the favor. <laughs> I, I love how the New Living Translation says, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Making allowance. I, we do not live in a world that is giving much allowance right now. Would you agree? Um, and yet this is what we've been encouraged to do, uh, make allowances. Um, that's, ooh, that's good. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Um, I read this this week and started in the NIV, and then I went to the New Living Translation, and I loved the way that it worded it, making allowances for each other's faults. Um, and it just made me think, like, we almost, like, preemptively need to just choose that we're going to forgive our brothers and sisters in Christ. Like, you know what? I love you, like you're saying. Like, I love you. You have faults. I have faults. And I'm going to choose ahead of time that I'm going to forgive you for your faults. And I'm going to ask you to forgive me for mine. Oh, love it. I never understood the word forbearance. Like, I've read the scripture so many times, and I always read it with forbearance. So then I was looking it up, and it was tolerate. And I was like, oh, that's not a very nice word. And then, <laughs> and it's like, you know, putting up with. And, and then the other word that came up was acceptance. And I thought, that's it. How do we live in unity by accepting one another? And that goes for, you know, other churches and, you know, other people of, mm. you know, different faith or even Christians, but of a different denomination. And that thing, so I was, as I was reading, I was noticing that the qualities were like five of the fruits of the spirit, love, peace, forbearance, which now I'm going to say acceptance, and faithfulness and gentleness. So mm. it took me to Galatians and just the fruits of the Spirit and how those are the things, the attitudes and the things that we need to keep always before us to be able to live in acceptance with each other. Love it. Okay, I'm going to take a break just for a second, and I want to teach you something here. The process that we're going through right now, you can do at home. Reading through a scripture and just even journaling, hey, what's my first intentional in thoughts? Reading through it again and then seeing, you can feel, um, or I don't know if you sense the fact that God wants us to focus on the unity piece tonight. That's, that's where people are. That's what, what's jumping out, and that's where he's taking us. And so we can start to kind of develop that and go deeper into these things as we are. And I've been uh, actually pretty intrigued in how the comments have even gone a little bit deeper and deeper and deeper going into forbearance. And then what happens is that the Holy Spirit then will be remind you of other scripture that can come up. You bring up Galatians. And so I hope I hope that this is helping kind of break the edge off of, of studying your word um, because when you start to break it down this way, it becomes very um, life-giving um, in, in the process of that. So, okay, stepping back. Yes. Um, I can't help but, but believe that Paul wrote this in a purposeful order and the mm -hmm. fact that um, it starts with humility and gentleness. It doesn't start with what we agree on, and I think oftentimes I'm very guilty of leapfrogging over the humility and gentleness and just getting to the things that we oftentimes in churches argue about, you know, um, on our stances and mm -hmm. our beliefs and um, all of the things that, the interpretations of how we even read scripture, but if I don't do that through the lens of humility and gentleness, like even if I land on the appropriate interpretation of a scripture, I do it with death and I do it with, with a, a judgment in my own heart, and so I think that um, oftentimes, the more we're in church, the more we, we like to talk about these things and debate them, but I think, for me, I can frequently do that without the humility, without the gentleness, without, I just want to be right, and Paul's not saying, like, this isn't just about being right, this is about coming together and doing exactly what we're doing right now, being humble to share our thoughts and, and even putting ourselves out there to, if I say something that my interpretation is completely wrong, 
because of your humility and gentleness that you chose to come in with, you're not here just to correct me. You're here to, to stand with me mm. and help me um, be sharpened and understand as opposed to just being like, no, you're wrong. Um, and, and I'm convicted when I read that because I like to get to the, the deep truth of scripture and to debate those things. But my heart so many times is impure when I'm doing that. And there's no, there's no value in it. There's, no, so there's no love in it. There's no peace in it. Um, and it creates dissension. And I think we see that in churches continually where it, mm. we're known by the dissension that we have um, and not by the unity. And I think that can only come if we do it in an appropriate order, being humble and gentle first and then moving through the process. Amen. Good. So good. All right. I'm going to read it a third time. This time I'm going to read it in the Berean Study Bible. And here's the question that I want you to reflect on. All of Scripture, every time we read it, needs to point to Jesus. Needs to point to Jesus Christ. So how do these six verses point to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? As a prisoner in the Lord, then, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, and with diligence to pers pr preserve the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. How does these six verses point to Jesus Christ? Salvation? Um, give, give him the mic. I want to explain that a little bit. What do you mean well, salvation? If you, if you pull up the second part of the verse, I mean, it talks <coughs> about how accepting um, right there, you know, you, you acknowledge, you know, you, we basically we acknowledge why we were saved, and it kind of goes through all, everything until it goes to God and why we believe in him and how the his spirit and it's like if you go one more to the next screen it's it, it just there it is one faith one one, one baptism Lord. One, one god faith, one yeah. father through all and all you know why are you saved right there okay so that that section points to jesus and what he has accomplished for us is that yeah, yeah. okay good yeah. somebody else how does this point to jesus um the that Jesus represents the hope, that the whole purpose Kay. of this thing and the Love oneness it. is that Jesus became the head of the church. Okay, love and it. The head of the body, which we are the body, and so we are one under Him. Okay, we are one. How about because of Him? Because of Him. Love that. Great. Because of Him. L thank you, John. Uh, I feel the first part just kind of defines Jesus' character. Um, he walked in a manner worthy of calling. Um, he had humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love, and with diligence to preserve the unity of the Spirit. I just feel that that's you read anything that Jesus did, and you could define it by that. So good. I was reading in Hebrews today in my, my own personal devotion, and I... You know, Hebrews does such an incredible job of just talking about Jesus and what he's done for us and, and how he became the high priest. And uh, there's a section in that that says that he, he endured um, these things so that we would know that we would have a savior that has gone through this. And, and I found myself journaling about the fact that um, we have a Lord and savior that understands what we go through, the, the hardships and the trials and that kind of things. But here's, here's the interesting thing that I felt like the Lord told me. He already understood it. He already understood it. So why did he go through it? So that we would know that he understood it. Have you ever thought about that? And it's exactly what you're saying here, John. These are the characteristics of Jesus. And I think before we actually demand any of this from ourselves, we have to realize that Jesus was this. And so it points to our Lord and Savior. It points to salvation. And I love the, the different aspects that are coming out. It, it's interesting in question two, theme of unity. Question three, we've got three different sections of this scripture that have popped out. 
which, which I have absolutely loved on that. So it's good. Josh. Oh, by the way, shoot. Oh, I forgot this. Last week, one of the things that somebody said from the church is that um, it would be super helpful for them if when you grab the mic, if you would just simply say your name. I thought that was brilliant. And I was gonna do that tonight and I forgot for the first half. But yep, all right, let's go back. No, here we go. So what's your name? And then what would what, what you say? Yeah, so my name's Josh. Um, I'm one of six people back here with names that start with J's. So <laughs> They were going to ask me to kick out everybody else out of this section <laughs> that didn't have a J name, but I was like, no, that's not loving. Uh, just over here. Anyway, so uh, the fact that uh, it points to Christ with all humility, that really jumped out. And it made me think of Jesus, you know, it kind of connecting it to uh, Philippians, uh, mm. where it says... He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Mm. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. So that's mm. kind of like where like my head was at in terms of... Uh, pointing to Christ. In terms of pointing to Christ and how so he was the epitome of humility. So good, Josh. Thank you. That, that word humble, if you look it up, if you go to Bible Hub, look it up. Hit the little Greek um, link and it'll open up. If you look that word up, humble, it means lowliness of mind. Lowliness of mind. It, it means, it's, it's not that you think less of yourself, it's just that in your mind you, you realize and you make the conscious decision um, to put yourself lower. Um, it, it reminds me of Ephesians 5 where it says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That word submit means to place yourself under. It, it just kind of gives me that, that picture of that. It's kind of what the humility, and Jesus voluntarily did that. Yep. Um, Angela, right? Um. <laughs> I don't know. Is that right? <laughs> no. <laughs> um. I was thinking about it as we were kept focusing on um, that word one just over and over again. Um, it took me back to John 17, and I thought here Paul is actually asking us to, to sit in a position to fulfill the prayer that Jesus prayed before he died. Like, it, I was just sitting with that because that's, that was his prayer in John 17. Like, Oof. Lord, this is so that the Father and I are one, like they can be one, like we are one. And so it's like this invitation to actually get to be a part of answering Jesus' prayer. I thought that was cool. That is so good. I love that. Right here. It's you. Laura. Okay, Lauren. Um, so I was just like, my Bible is open to John 17 um, because that's what I was thinking as well. Um, and just the reality that he talks about the spirit a lot here and unity of the spirit and then you brought up the fruits of the spirit. Um, and really in that same time, you know, Jesus is teaching, like you have to remain connected to the vine in order to bear fruit. If you're disconnected from me, you're not gonna bear fruit. You're not gonna be humble and gentle and patient and loving. And, um, and so I think when it says to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit, um, literally, I think what it's saying is like, make every effort to live in the spirit, to be connected to me. Because when you step outside of that, and we're prideful and we're arrogant and we we can come with this posture of like attacking each other or defending our thoughts or um but that's when we step outside of being filled with the spirit being led by the spirit and so i think he's literally saying like no live in this way in your relationships with one another be filled with the spirit continually submit to what the holy spirit is doing mm. instead of your thought process or your offense or and and in that way we fulfill exactly what Jesus desired for his body, that we would show the love that is in Christ and what it is to be in him and him to be in us yeah. and to be unified. That's good. So I love it because we're going a little bit deeper in regards to pointing to Christ and the fact that it's actually fulfilling his prayer. It's, it's pointing to the fact that we have to be grafted in to him. And church, once again, the Holy Spirit is so 
good and faithful to begin to reveal even in your own personal time. It's great to do this in a group because it starts to bring out that stuff, but the Holy Spirit will do this with you if you will just give him the time to begin to start breaking that apart as you read um, the, the word yourself, okay? Um, I wanna read it one more time, and this time it, oh wait, do we have something? Yes. No, please. Susan. <laughs> no, no um, I will just kind of say ditto because I was definitely feeling from the beginning that the word that kept coming to me was abide and the fruits of the spirit also. Mm. Um, and I just felt that like when Angela was speaking um, that when we abide in him, because I just think it's an encouragement and that invitation, that fruit is inevitable. Right. But when we don't abide, it's impossible um, to produce that fruit. So I just think that that key is that that unity among ourselves. But it starts with that abiding in him. And then I think the fruit is just inevitable. It just comes as a product. That's so good. Yeah. That's good. Um, let me share one thing that I studied out. It, it was that all, the, the uh, who is over all, through all, and in all. Um, when you look up that word all, um, it means every or the whole. And then it, it um, explains it this way. The emphasis of the total picture then is on one piece at a time, then focuses on the parts making up the whole, viewing the whole in terms of the individual parts. And so it, that just jumped out to me in pointing to Christ and the fact that what you said is that Jesus became all of this so that all of our individual parts could become together as the whole. And I found myself thinking, wow, how cool is that? That um, Jesus, who, or Jesus, God and Father of, of all, who is over all and through all and in all, our Heavenly Father orchestrated this and put this all together so that we would have an understanding that each one of us has a vital, important part to play in coming together as the whole. And we miss out on the whole if not every single one of us realize this and, and puts herself into this. And that's just really, really, really important to understand. So I'm gonna read it one more time, this time from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. And here's the question. And this is where um, I'm hoping it will get, um, the Holy Spirit will come in and really give a lot of life to our conversation uh, because my question is this. What is the action point or the practical thing that God wants us to begin to take into our hearts or maybe even into our body. So what is the action point? What's, what's the practicality of these six verses that God is speaking to us right now? And I'm hoping there'll be several different answers um, in regards to, um, I, I guess, if you were teaching this message, what would be the one or two things that you would say, hey, so this is the takeaway I want you to take home or this is the thing that I want you to try this week or this is the thing that I believe the Lord uh, wants you to, to grab a hold of. So with that in mind, let's read it one last time. Therefore, I, the prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, accepting one another in love, diligently keeping the unity of the spirit with the peace that binds us. There is one body and one spirit just as you were called to one hope at your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. Okay, what is the Lord speaking to you about maybe something that he wants you to take away tonight um, and be meditating and, and focusing on this week? Or maybe what is something that you think the church, Shine Church, um, could, could um, start walking in or, or moving in in regards to this section of scripture? I just hear him saying. This is Nicole, by the way. Yeah, oh, this, I'm Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep hearing him say, don't lose track of what I'm doing. Keep your eyes focused on me on the bigger picture because what he's doing is bigger than our little piece. But when we all come together, he, like I said, he's building a masterpiece. So, so say it again. Don't. Um, don't lose focus on what I'm doing. Like okay. keep, keep your focus 
on the bigger picture. Keep it. your focus on him because he understand he sees the score. He doesn't just see our little part. I mean, it's he sees everything. So love it. Good. Right here. Oh. I'm Carrie. Um, so I guess kind of going back when I was just thinking about the one, the re repetition of the word one, and then um, when it says bind yourselves together, and then I heard a lot of people talking about unity. I was just thinking about cooking, and when you bind ingredients together, then they can never come apart. Like it's this new unified thing. And then I was thinking, Oof. but only certain ingredients work that way. Like you can't just throw anything in. So it's our unique identity and all put together, we, can, we can't come apart because we just become one. Oh, that's so good. So we need to find our ingredients that we, we kind of gel with, right? <laughs> We're not asking you to be best friends with everybody in the room, but hey, it's just things begin to, I really like what she said. I'm going to have lunch with her or, you know, different things like that. It's good. Uh, so I noticed the word calling twice in this version, and the action is to walk according to that calling. Um, one thing we haven't noticed is, well, if you keep on reading in, in this chapter, it talks about how, you know, God gave, you know, people to be apostles and disciples and teachers and so on and so forth. M what I take away from this, I, I, my question to the congregation would be, have you identified, because we've all been called, but have you identified what your, what, what that is, and now go do it? Oh, love that. And want to simply say this. If you hear that and you go, well, I don't know what I've been called to, or ask somebody to help you in that process. One of us staff members would be glad to help you out with that. Uh, but don't just sit here and go, well, I, I don't know what it is, so I guess I'll just go into in my the rest of the week. Let's, let's start to go deeper into that and ask somebody to help you know that. John. My name's John. Um, where it says digitally, digi oh. <laughs> digitally? I don't know, I didn't see that Sorry. anywhere. No. <laughs> Keeping the unity of the spirit with peace that binds us, uh, we can't do that an hour out of the week with each other. We have to constantly be in communication, constantly be in relationship throughout the week um, to keep that going. So That's so good. Um, it has been brought to my attention a few times now, and, and I'm, I think this is really healthy. Um, but, you know, pre-COVID, um, uh, you know, something that was a common thing, uh, especially for Saturday night, is people to start going out to eat and going and hanging out and doing things together. And then COVID came and it just... <laughs> put that to a screeching halt. It was like you, you were afraid to get with your own family, much less anybody else, right? Um, and so um, I just want to just add on to that and just want to encourage everybody in here, um, be intentional about when you come to church, not just to come for this hour and a half um, and then just leave. Um, let's start being really proactive about um, getting with people that, again, and, and I'm wasn't kidding about what I just said. If somebody says something and it just resonated with your heart and you were like, I think I would love to go to dinner with that person or that couple, do that. Invite them to, to go out and hang out. And if it can't be tonight, maybe schedule something for middle of this week, but let's start getting involved in it because I totally agree. We cannot have this kind of unity and we can't have this binding together unless we actually start mixing ourselves together. Right? And if you get with somebody and you're oil and water, that's okay. You're oil and water. At least you know that. And, but don't give up. And, and let's start doing that. Uh, my name is Dan. And I, um, the way I interpret it is I could see it a little bit of a warning to the church about what's to come. And it's a roadmap for our success through it. Um, I don't usually give political statements in church, but there was a former Russian leader, I think it was during the Reagan years, that said America is much too strong externally to take on military externally. But if we can get inside their culture, they will fall apart from within. They might not even have to put a boot on the shore to kick our butt. Mm. 
And uh, it's a warning to the church to heed that inside the church first because America was the church. It used to be the church. We've lost our first love. We've walked away. We've taken other gods. We have idols. We do as a body. And he's just warning us that to get back on track and here's how you do it. It's so good, especially right now um, in, in the world that we live in, the society we live in. Um, let's be a people that... that interact with people with these things right humble gentle long you know that word patience long suffering <laughs> long suffering you know what it means long suffering <laughs> i looked it up and i was hoping it meant something else it means long suffering um it, what does what does that mean it means to accept prefer somebody else in the middle of an argument and be long-suffering to try to understand their position and, and don't be so quick to fight back and to, what if, what if we practice this? What if we implement this into our week this week with family and friends and, and be long-suffering and, and do that? So good. Thank you. Dan, last time I'm going to speak, I swear. I'm sorry. What's your name? Uh, it's Neil. Okay. It's <laughs> Neil Armstrong. What's his football team? Um, Back to the calling piece and walking, um, you said if you don't know what your calling is, ask someone. And a lot of times when a pastor says that, the, the person in the congregation goes, okay, I'll, I'll probably ask somebody that has the spiritual authority to call out something in me. What I would like to say to the congregation is I think let's not wait for that hap to happen. I think we can do that with each other. There have been times where I don't believe in myself, and, and Jennifer has called it out of me. And maybe sometimes we, we should not have to wait for the pastor to call out or somebody that's been anointed. Sometimes we could call out in each other what God has called us to and maybe remind us because we have forgotten about that. Um, it's, it, okay, I, I'm not going to say the person's name, but I have recently had a conversation where the person said, I, I am not good at speaking in front of people. And everybody in the room around went, Yes, you are, you are amazing, and people are so blessed by you. That, I think that's what you're, you're saying. Let's do that, let's call that out of each other. Let's not let, don't let me, don't let me self um, degrade, what's the? Sabotage? Sabotage self, yeah, it's, it degrade myself down. And, you know, don't, don't let me, please call that out. I, you know, I think there's life in that in, in regards to that. And I would just add to this, if you don't know what you're calling us, Ask God. <laughs> Pay attention to your first thought after you said that. And then understand that your second thought is probably gonna talk you out of that. Yeah. And that's because the enemy does not want you to grab a hold of your calling. Bec so you ask God, he'll probably speak it to you, and then the enemy will try to talk you out of it right away. Uh, I'm Darren, and when I was reading through this, uh, I was actually kind of weighed down. Initially, it's like, live worthy of the calling you have received. It's like, wow, those are huge shoes. They're not like, they're like 20 size shoes, not 10 and a half or 11. <laughs> I had to walk in. But then he, sa he says, with all humility and gentleness, it's like we put on all these extra things to try and fill those shoes, like extra socks or other, you know, some other things to try and fill those shoes. But he just says, walk humbly in gentleness. And really, it's just one thing. And that, you know, it's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And it goes back to, for me, the song, the children's song, Jesus loves me, this I know. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. Mm. And it just goes back to that simplicity, just one step at a time, you know, one moment at a time with, with the Lord and walking in that faith, that simple faith. That's so good. Yep. Marcus, um, I felt like, action point when you were reading that that jumped out to me or Holy Spirit was just check your heart like for me personally check your heart against every one of these things check your heart against humility mm. the posture of your heart with gentleness with patience with accepting other people just check your heart and not even not in a condemning way but just in like if there's anything that needs to have repentance like check your heart he's quick to point those things out and then repent you know be quick to repent on my side well, that's good. It's really good. Okay, I do have one comment from online from Cindy. I believe it means a call to become a teacher of the word uh, of the Lord as we go through life. Hmm. It's good. 
Very good. Thank you. I was just thinking about, because you said practical, like what's a practical mm-hmm. takeaway? And I think for any of us, if you've been in church for any amount of time, you have heard about the hinge word of therefore. And that's how this passage passage starts, is therefore. So I'm like, well, what has Paul been telling us prior? That would probably be pretty important. And all he's talked about for the last three chapters is what God has done for us. So it gets really overwhelming when we're thinking, well, how do I become worthy? How am I going to do these things? What is my calling? And all I have to do is meditate on exactly what Susan was saying. If I'm abiding and I'm resting in that and in who God is, then I'm dwelling on the work that he has done. And my life naturally will flow into a place of service and of walking it out because of my relationship with him and what he's done. But it's not because I'm striving to be those things. It's simply because of what God has done. And that's why Paul gives us three chapters and then four verses. You know what I mean? He's like, (laughs) let me tell you for three chapters what God has done. But then for four verses, I'm going to encourage you because of what he's done to now walk this out. Oh, so good. I started off by saying, you know, when I first read this, I'm a prisoner. And I'm like, that doesn't sound too good. But the way, my name is Ed, by the way. As we've been discussing this and talking about this, um, it says here, when you read the Berean Study Bible version, as a prisoner in the Lord, God is my captor. He's watching over me. He's saying, don't wander. You have been caught. You have a purpose. Don't wander like the world wanders. One God, one faith, one spirit. His, his desire for us is to wrap his arms around us like he, like we are prisoners. And it puts a whole different perspective in being a prisoner when he's my captor and what he wants from me and wants me to do. Thank you for being obedient and sharing that because I actually um, was wrestling because I had a conversation with, with Brad over here before we started. And he said the first thing that jumped out to him was the prisoner of the Lord and interestingly enough um, I think that can put off people prisoner of the Lord what Um, and of course he was in prison um, so there's that aspect of it but as you get into certain translations it's it's not about the fact that he's in prison it's that he is a prisoner for the Lord and I think you just summed up something that does that answer your question actually Grab him the mic. Oh, the mic's already been here. Let me run this to him. I'll, I'll bring it back, Jess, I promise. So what's interesting to me linguistically between the four different interpretations is obviously I read the same, I read it the same way you did, which was prisoner. And then the second, second version, the NLT version, he takes it as, y- you read it as, I'm in prison, but I'm pleading with you or I'm urging you, as we pointed out, urging you to um, to follow this vision, as I would call it. It's one mission. I, I literally had the Queen song, One Vision, come in my head when I was <laughs> listening to this, to this conversation. Great song. Anyway, um, and then the fourth version, which was the BS, the NHCB, yeah. Holman. Holman. Yep. Yeah, the home yep. version. He kind of switches it and puts in the diligence to the conversation. So it's more of a... As I would say, it's more of a shield when I think diligence. It's standing up as kind of an army or some sort of protection as a part of the conversation. So it's interesting to see the linguistics between the four different interpretations of the same passage and how you feel between each reading of the passage. Yes, the same message exists about unity, one one voice, one vision, one mission, um, but the interpretation of it all. That's good. I, I find myself thinking as you're talking, Brad, um, that the 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 filter that you see God through many times will color what you read. In other words, if you think God is angry, gray-haired, austere, wanting to get you, then when you read that, you feel like you're a prisoner of of an angry God, right? But when you come at it from a loving perspective, and the fact that He's grabbing you as you would. Um, take a child and go, no, I don't want you to cross the street. Uh, you know, I'm holding you. I'm taking you prisoner so you can't run across. That binding, that, that it's the love of him that he has. But your filter sometimes can color how you 
interpret and, and read scripture. And I hope this is, there's, there's some good back and forth on that um, in regards to those things. Uh, I'm Jess. What stood out to me is um, urge you to walk worthy of the calling. You're already worthy of it. He, he thinks you're worthy of it. You just have to figure out how to walk that. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, so hold on to that. So this week, tell yourself you're worthy. Yeah. And some of you, that just it was like nails on a chalkboard. But wake up in the morning and tell yourself you're worthy. You're worthy of the calling that God has put in you. Yeah. Because, what Janelle said, the first three chapters of Ephesians. Maybe some of you need to read that so you can see everything that God has done so that you can have that uh, worthiness. Janet. Yeah, so this is all about Jesus modeling purity, integrity, and giving us that identity through his work and coming to earth for us. Um, and so we have to renew our minds to that. And so that takes me to Romans 12, 12, to not be conformed to this world, but the renewing. So it's not just renew your mind, it's renewing diligently, daily, with discipline, in order to believe, because we don't think we're worthy. Mm. And so mm. by God showing us, by Jesus modeling and walking out that life of purity, gentleness, kindness, and all the integrity that he had, for us to feel worthy of it, we have to renew our minds daily to that. And That's take, so good. Take the thoughts captive that would speak to us in opposition of that. Love it. So good. All right. Janet. <laughs> Janet, yep. All right. So here's, here's what I find myself thinking right now. Um, we have way more takeaways that just came up than I ever could have given in a message. Um, I probably would have isolated maybe one or two things for you to take. Um, and so I'm just gonna pray and I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you on what is the one or two, maybe three things that he wants you to take with you this week. Um, we will be, well, let me pray and then I'll, uh, I'll close by telling you where we're going. So Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this word. We thank you for the fact that um, Jesus, you, um, you exemplified all of these things that we read about this, and as Janelle um, pointed out to us so well, um, the first three chapters just talk about your love for us and what you have done for us. And so, Lord, we do not take that for granted. Um, and I find myself um, truly entering into that, therefore, because of what you've done for us, Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit will begin to speak to each one of us what that means and what that looks like for this week. God, help us to just take one or two things and apply it this week. Help us to realize that you um, consider us a work, uh, a, a work in process, that you're not asking us to be perfect at all of these things right now because we just heard it. Though supernaturally, God, if you wanna do that in any one of us, we would all say amen. But Lord, we understand that a part of the process of maturing into who you want us to be is to go through um, daily life and be grafted into you and seek you and listen to what you would have for us for each and every day. So Lord, I pray when it comes to these things, the humility, the gentleness, the, the patience, the bearing with one another, Lord, I pray that you would help us to begin to practice this with our family, with our coworkers, with our neighbors, with each other in the church as we have these discussions. Lord, I pray that you would help us to realize that you have laid out your own rules of engagement for us to live together as one, right here. You've given us clear direction of how we are to interact and how we are to do this together as, as a family. And so Lord, I pray that there would be a drawing together, that there would be a unity in this group of people, and that we would have an understanding that we make up the whole when each one of us individually brings our part into the room and into the discussion and into the relationship with one another. And so Lord, we pray that you would deepen relationships in this room and that you would draw hearts together 
may we begin to just or continue to continue to just have that community that you are establishing here. And Lord, we thank you for this family. We thank you for every part that makes up the whole. In your name we pray, amen.